It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan, Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Oh, happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. Uh, where would we be without you? Not very far, that's for sure. Uh, look, uh, we got a lot to cover today. We got a case of the runs out at the Walker Cup. We got Bryson DeChambeau hopping on a plane, but then finishing top 10 anyway. Don't worry about it. Uh, look, we got a lot to do. Uh, we got DK Metcalf. Uh, as fast as he is, uh, still quite isn't fast enough. Uh, we got the Bears possibly moving out of Soldier Field and Chicago. I mean, everything is going crazy today on this Mother's Day. Uh, but, of, of course, Nick Roddy with us. And I know he's got an update on some things going around in sports. So let's just start things off there, Nicholas. How are you? Sure. Good. Mother's How are you, Chris? Mother's Day to, uh, yeah, your wife and your mother. Um, the Tigers series finale against the Twins today was postponed due to rain. They will make the game up with a doubleheader on July 16th. Detroit will start a three-game series at home against Kansas City on Tuesday. Matthew Boyd is set to pitch against Brady Singer. The Red Wings are done. Uh, They wrapped up last night with a 5-4 overtime loss to the Blue Jackets. They finished with 19 wins, 27 losses, and 10 overtime losses, 48 points in a 56-game season. Pistons host the Chicago Bulls tonight at 8 p.m. They have four games left all at home. Rory McIlroy, just in the books, he wins the Wells Fargo Championship for the third time in his career. His first win since November 2019. Uh, news from a couple days ago, but Philadelphia Eagles have claimed former Lions running back Carrion Johnson off waivers, so he's found a new home. And Hall of Fame horse trainer Bob Baffert has been suspended, and Badina Spirit's Kentucky Derby victory is in doubt because of a failed post-race drug test Baffert has denied any wrongdoing. An investigation is underway. Medina Spirit was scheduled to uh, race in the Preakness, but that was that is now in jeopardy. Okay, uh, all right, hold on a second now. So, Medina Spirit, as I understand it, is Baffert's fifth horse to fail a drug test in a year. But you talk about this this particular steroid, this bet, this beta methasone which you look at 21 picograms is what this came in at this, what this horse's uh, level of this particular steroid. Nick, what is, how, how, how much is 21 picograms? A picogram is one trillionth of a gram. One trillionth of a gram. Correct. So look, here's the deal. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I don't know much about, uh, beta methasone or picograms or anything like that. I don't know much about it. Um, but it's obviously enough to get you popped. And in fact, in, in Kentucky racing, that is more than double the allowed amount of beta methasone. So only 10 picograms is allowed. So only 10 picograms of beta methasone is, is permitted within a horse. 
Um, oh, excuse me. So that, yeah, that is double the legal threshold in Kentucky racing. So now you got Bob Baffert suspended at Churchill Downs. We don't know if Medina Spirit's going to race in the Preak this next weekend. He, he's got another horse. I'll tell you what, play this cut. Listen here. Bob Baffert talking with Shepard Smith over on CNBC. You, you confirmed today Medina Spirit's going to run in the Preakness, the next leg of the triple. Thinking win it again? Well, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. Now he's a target. They, they know he's yeah. a serious horse, a serious <laughs> player. We're a long shot. And I'm actually going to run two horses in there, a horse that I, I almost ran the Derby, but he didn't run well the time before. Check the Pico so, uh, It's going to be interesting. Check They're them. both fast horses. So, um, But, you know, winning the Kentucky Derby, Shepard, it's, it's the greatest thrill in racing, and it's, it's our Super Bowl. Okay, look, here's the deal. All I'm saying is, you, you've got a guy now who has had multiple horses test positive for this particular steroid in the course of a year. You got him popped at Churchill Downs. Now he won't be able to run a, 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 another horse there until the results of this thing are completed. Like he's going to challenge it. He's going to, he's going to work within the, the parameters of, of the testing here. Um, Nick, is this is you know? Look, I, I don't know if I if this is good for horse racing, but you know, obviously having a name like Bob Baffert is a is is a huge pull to the Derby, uh, you know. And, and when you're looking at the Triple Crown, but uh, I mean, I I just don't see him being banned from Churchill Downs. I just don't see it. I, I don't see it either. I mean, it's good to have. First of all, he's won what seven Kentucky Derbies. Yes. And he's got two triple crowns in the yeah. course of five years. So it's good to have a villain in a sport if that's what he's going to turn into for what you said, the, a fifth failed drug test in a horse this year. Yeah. I mean, you just can't have that. And he's out here going, well, I don't know what's happening. This isn't, I didn't do this. We don't know anything about beta methasone or, I mean, we don't know. Come on. You know, maybe it's uh you know, it's uh, you just don't tell him so he can't be held accountable later on. But it seems strange, and I, I just don't think this thing's going to stand. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, we talked about DK Metcalf. You remember that interception um, that Russell Wilson threw, uh, and Buddha Baker for the Cardinals was taking it back to the house, and he, he had a he had a touchdown, and. DK Metcalf came out of nowhere running what I imagine to be 45 miles an hour to chase him down. <laughs> and everyone was going, holy smokes, DK Metcalf isn't human. Uh, and that's, of course, true. But at the same time, everyone's like, look, this guy's got to run. He's, he's got to be able to run track or something. He's got to he, he has that kind of speed. Well, he had his crack at a professional race. And he, he may not have of the kind of speed that it takes his first race since he began training for the Olympics next, next month in the, in the U S Olympic trials, he failed to advance out of his semifinal heat at the golden games and distance cup in Walnut, California. Metcalf's time of 10.37 seconds was respectable, um, but still slowest in his nine man heat third slowest of the 17 entrants. And he ran the men's hundred meters. He's fast, but He's football fast. He he ain't track fast necessarily. Yeah. yeah, if you watched it, he kept up though. It wasn't like he got beat by correct. He didn't get blown out of the water. No, I mean he was neck and neck with I know he was last, but he was neck and neck with the guy who came in eighth. He was competitive. I don't know if he can get much better than that. 
Do you think he can improve and and? Well, I mean, you're run at this, but 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 here's the thing: when you're that body, size, running track and field, and and yeah, when you're that yeah. size, it's just you just you know th- there's there's limitations to it, and and he's just he's so big. It's it, I don't know. It's still I how much beta methasone he had. <laughs> More than 21 picograms. Um, All right. Lots more to come here on Sports Wrap on this uh, Mother's Day edition this Sunday. Uh, We got Bryson DeChambeau thinking he's going to miss the cut out at Wells Fargo in North Carolina at Quail Hollow. Beautiful course. To only find out mid-flight that he's going to make the cut. We'll tell you about that. We got a a new college football coach in Division I football. You might as well be playing Madden. We'll talk about that coming up too. Don't go anywhere. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, with you here on Sports Wrap. You're the co host on WJR's Sports Wrap. Sports Wrap. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc, Warwick Hills, for the Pro Am. And the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more sports rap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, so here's the thing you got to understand about a lot of these pro golfers. They are creatures of habit. And it's not necessarily unlike any other sport because it happens in a lot of sports, but they've got a very set schedule. They've got a certain regime that they follow and they follow it to a T. If if you got to be up to stretch at X time, then they're up at X time. Or if you got to be eating your banana at a certain time, you got to eat your banana at that time. It's very, very uh, planned out and they follow that plan to a T. And when you don't make a cut, when you don't make it to the weekend in a lot of these tournaments, the guys go home. They're not, what are they going to do there? There's nothing for them to do. They're not playing Friday or Saturday, Sunday, so they leave. Well, that was the case for Bryson DeChambeau out at Wells Fargo this weekend, or earlier this week, uh, in North Carolina playing Quail Hollow. By the way, Roy McElroy wins that one today. Uh, minus 10, I think, over Abe Answer, minus 9. who made a nice charge. But Bryson DeChambeau, didn't think he was going to make the cut. He was sitting at about 90th place. I think he was plus two when he finished his round on Friday. So he's like, well, I'm not going to make the cut. So uh, I'll tell you what. I'll let him explain it. Uh, David, give me cut one here. This is Bryson DeChambeau talking about hopping on a plane after his Friday round heading for home. Yeah, I mean, I made triple on seven and then chipped it on uh, eight for birdie. I thought I had to make birdie in the last, and I uh, didn't miss the putt, and I was like, there's no way I'm making it. It's 90th place. And so we just said, all right, let's back up. Let's go. Right, because you're not going to make the cut, so you're out. So he hops on a, pli- a private plane. He's headed home. He's got uh, you know, a, a, a vat full of protein shakes he's got to drink. He, he can't st- stay around in North Carolina. So he hops on a plane, heads home, and... Uh, mid-flight gets this message. Cut to, David. Halfway through the flight, my agent texts uh, Connor, and he's, he's like, hey, you, you're 68th now. And I was like, what? No way. Uh, there's no way I'm still going to – I'm not, not going to make it. There's no way. 
And sure enough, the conditions just kept getting worse. And by the time I landed, I was uh, I was in the 64th or 63rd or whatever. So the top 65 made it, and he sneaks in. Only problem is now he's back in Dallas where he lives, not North Carolina where the tourney's happening. So with that being said, and 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 again, you know, uh, wherever you at or wherever you're at on the leaderboard is, you know, th- that is factored in where you tee off, what time you tee off. So if you're a leader, you tee off later in the day. Well, when you're at the bottom of the list, you're going to tee off earlier in the morning. So his third round tee time was 8, 10 a.m. And so he says, look, here's the deal. Uh, I'm home right now. Let's, uh, let's hang out at home, and then we'll, we'll get up real early. We'll fly back to North Carolina and we'll make this thing happen. To Shambo, cut three, Dave. The more weird condition, weird things happen to me, the the greater my resolve sometimes can be. And today was a case of that. And I uh, got a little unlucky on on 18. But um, other than that, you know, I played a great round of golf today. I'm very pleased. So he got a, he, he slept in his own bed, got a workout in, had a couple protein shakes, and away he goes. He gets up at 2:30 in the morning, hops on the plane, and flies in. Now the the, the question is. Why don't you just why don't you just stay in Dallas? Just withdraw. You're probably not going to have a very high finish. Why don't you just stay back? Here's what he had to say about that. It's it's very way too expensive, but the thing is is that you know, I have a chance to go make a good uh, good check this week and I think that would offset it and so if I was to not come back and withdraw, I'd lose world ranking points and all that and I, I had to incur the cost. It's my fault. Well, here's the other part of it. So he talked about renting a private jet, flying home, but now he's got to get a plane, come back. So it was it was quite a cost to him. But you look at Nick, you look at where he's at in FedEx Cup points behind Justin Thomas, who's the leader. He's thirty points behind him, and today finished tied ninth, top ten finish at four under out at Quail Hollow at the Wells Fargo. I, I haven't done the math yet, but I believe that Bryson's going to hop JT and take the lead in FedEx Cup points. And it also paid for his flight. Uh, ninth place was due to make $236,000. So that probably more than paid for his uh, little trip. So he's all right, still on top. But it, it's, it's just one of those wild things that happen, and you're just like, he's like, I, I came home mid-flight. I get told I'm going to make the, the, the cut, and he's like, I got to go back. So he gets up at 2.30 in the morning and flies back. Plays a good round. He talked about how tired he was. He was like, somebody asked him, they're like, are you tired? And he's like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. But what are you going to do? (laughs) Um, Do you you ever play Madden? Big Madden guy? Yep. Are are you a, what kind of player are you in Madden? Are you a punter? Are you like, do you like to punt or on fourth down, wherever you're on the field, like you're going for it? Like, how do you approach Madden? I mean, there's no change of possession. You just score. Right. So you're, you do you even you Still ever fun. use the punter? No, no, not really. Unless no, you're playing I, against a, a, yeah. a good player. Correct. Well, now, um, there's a a a longtime college football, or excuse me, a high school football coach, Kevin Kelly, uh, who is leaving his Little Rock, Arkansas school of, uh, for Presbyterian College, that's in South Carolina. This is a D1 school. They play at the FCS level, but they are a D1 school. 
Now, the thing about Kevin Kelly is he never punts. He always attempts onside kicks. And now he's here to wreck your dreams. This is from a story back with uh, Michigan's Dan Wetzel back in 2008. This is Kelly's approach. Kelly believes that his data, he has the data to back it up, that the, quote, opportunity to create a turnover via an onside kick is greater than the loss of field position from a failed kick. His teams also almost never punt because a chance to run four downs worth of plays is seen as more valuable than field position. Polsky also receives kicks with unusual formations, creating space, limiting penalties and injuries. It's blitzes often uh, he blitzes often because sacks change the game more than allowing a first down. He talks about why he, he goes for onside kicks every time or why he never punts. And it's a very data driven approach. This is the analytical part of football. This is where this is coming. And I have been clamoring for this type of coach at, at, at a major football level. Now, look, at Presbyterian College, I mean, come on, they, they're not, not uh, Alabama here. But the point is they're going to play good competition, and it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this, uh, it, this you know, I, I don't know what this is, but it's oh. going to be a good example of if it, can you run a team like this. Did he answer the question of is he going to carry those strategies to college? Because that could be a very – high school football related data analysis. I mean, you've, you've seen your fair share of high school football. They're probably not practicing onside kick recovery every day. Fair enough. But Nick, you're not going to be able to abandon your entire coaching model. Yeah, but maybe tweak it. I mean, is he ever is sure? Yeah. If you're on your one yard line, are you going to punt? Yeah. I mean, of course, but you've seen high school punters. There, there's quite a difference between a high school punter and a college punter. No doubt. So your strategy kind of lends to his roster. Did he it's say gonna be, he's not, he's going to fully commit to this uh, so strategy? As far as, it, as I can tell, he's taken the, he's taken his, his statistical analysis of, of football with him to Presbyterian college. You know, who's a big fan of Kelly. Uh, Bill Belichick. It's, Bill Belichick, big fan of Kelly, referred to him as probably the top high school coach in the country. Yeah, he, uh, Hunter Henry went there, uh, tight end yes. now with the Patriots, and also a couple Correct. other NFL players. So, I think it's perfect for high school football, though. It's definitely perfect for high school football. Is it going to translate to when you've got better athletes, faster athletes, stronger athletes, smarter athletes, Pro- athletes at the college football? More. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting. And look, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I've always wanted to see a coach do it. It takes a lot of stones to go out there and and proclaim to never punt the ball or, or never, uh, you know, run a full kickoff where you're always kicking onside kicks. It it takes a lot of guts to do it. So we'll see if this pans out. We'll keep an eye on Presbyterian college uh, this year. Uh, coming up in college football. All right, lots more to come here on Sports Wrap, this Mother's Day edition, Sunday here on WJR. We've got mayhem in Chembeck Hall. I don't know what's going on. A coach is now out. He's gone. Where did he go? Why did he go? We'll tell you all about it coming up at 632. Don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap with Chris Renwick. Nick Ronnie continues next.
Back to more sports wrap. Let's take you now to the podium and Lions owner Bill Ford. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Right now, Wayne Fonts and his staff are no longer the coaches of the Detroit Lions. Here's Chris Renwick. Look, this coach trying to run this type of system in college football is going to be interesting. No punting, uh, no field goals, or excuse me, uh, no kickoffs. It's just going to be interesting to see how how he runs it. Speaking of the runs, Nicholas, um, did you see what's going down at the Walker Cup? Um, uh, so, uh, Ty, do you know, Tyler Strafacci is the, 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 the top U.S. amateur playing the masters didn't make the cut, but he played in the masters. Uh, he's going to be a good pro. Uh, so the Walker cup, a tournament between the United States versus great Britain. Uh, Tyler Strafacci was the was the the headliner of the of the U.S. team. Well, he was taken to the hospital via ambulance because there's a nasty case of gastrointestinal issues rolling through the Walker Cup. So, Tyler Strafacci was a scratch. Uh, because he was taken to the hospital with this gastrointestinal. He wasn't the only one. They've had guys on both sides. Strafacci said he received three IVs at the hospital uh, in the event that he was ready to go uh, today. That's just getting underway here in the last hour or so. Yeah, the second, the second session today. So he did play earlier today. He did play earlier today. Yes. He missed yesterday. Um, they, but have ruled a, out, they have ruled out uh, food poisoning. They have ruled out food poisoning. What? Else? How is this happening? How what, how else do you get gastrointestinal issues? That widespread. Correct. Is it? I mean, these guys are drinking like bottled water, so it's not in the water. I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see where, where the, they try to pin this down on because you got these guys, they get a case of the runs out there at the Walker Cup. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, United States had a one-point lead going into t- tonight's session. So, all right, Bengals are underway. First Great Britain and Ireland. Yep. Um. So, look, what's been going on in Ann Arbor at Michigan has been confusing to say the least. Um, th- that organization and and program has not ascend ascended to the the at least on the trajectory that many Michigan fans thought it would. And I'm talking about the football program. And they've had a number of coaches in and out, in and out, in and out, guys that just, you know, be it offensive coordinators, certain defensive guys, whatever it is. Um, and we've got some more turnover in the program. Mind you, this is after after conditioning here in the for for you know spring conditioning basically and your co-defensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines is out Maurice Lindquist heading to Buffalo to head up that program Lindquist was just hired this year 
after spending last season with the Dallas Cowboys coaching DBs. He was the Wolverines co-defensive coordinator, and he also coached cornerbacks. But he's out after not having coached a game, coaching, you know, a handful of practices. Probably the more baffling part of all of this, installing a new defensive system. Because that, uh, that old man's gone now. I, 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 this is, and look, here's the deal. The, the, the contract that Link was signed at, at Michigan, he was not obligated to pay a buyout if he left that coordinator's position. So he's gone. And now you're left with, you know, you're left without a co-DC here. So the question is, Nick, uh, what kind of issues is this going to pose here to this program? This is not a good position to be in if you're the Wolverines. No, I mean, they're left with a pretty good now, I guess, full-time. Is Mike McDonald going to be the full-time defensive coordinator now? Sure. Who's I mean, not, you're this late in the game. Bad. I mean, he, he, it was a long time with the Baltimore Ravens, so it's not a bad alternative. I think where it hurts them the most is recruiting because I guess uh, Linguist was real big on the commitment of Will Johnson, their five-star cornerback. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I don't think it's a bad look for Michigan. He didn't know this job was going to be open. If you're this guy, I think you got to take a D1 coaching job, a head coaching job if it becomes available and it's offered to you, especially he was there prior. I'm not sure it's a huge loss for Michigan. It's still well, I, only I, I Yeah, I mean, I disagree. I mean, I disagree because you're, you know, Don Brown's gone. And so you're installing a new system right off the top. Now your code DC is gone. You're talking about cadences. You're talking about language. You're talking about the whole gamut, a whole new system. And now that guy who was installing all of it is gone. And so the question here is, what kind of hole is this going to leave Michigan in? And and from the unit that was already struggling, I mean, you saw the decline kind of over the last couple of years, and then last year really bottomed out. What is this going to do to that side of the ball? And look, we'll see what McDonald can do. I, I'm, I'm not, I, but if he was, you know, kind of this premier guy, I, I don't know that we would have been in this position anyway with co-DCs. And I'll, here's the other thing. I don't love the co-DC thing. I don't love the co-coordinator thing. I think when you got too many cooks in the kitchen, it just doesn't work. So, and then, of course, I ask myself, how much did Jim Harbaugh try to keep him here? Was there an attempt made to try to keep him here? To create some sort of continuity going into the season? Of course, we don't know that. And I think you're right. If you're if you're Maurice Linquist, you're out. You get a D1 job, you, you got to take it. But I think this leaves the Wolverines in a tight spot. And, um, you know, you look, at coming off of last year's, and okay, fine, it was COVID, whatever. But that certainly was not the narrative after that Minnesota win. So kind of spare me from that. But I think this puts Michigan in a tough spot. I think it puts Michigan in a tough spot. I think it puts that side of the ball in a tough spot. And conversely, as the head of it all, I think it puts Jim Harbaugh in a tough spot. I think there are worse times to lose a coach. And 
early May is not a bad time to lose one. You got a lot of time left before the season starts. You can fill it with a, a good candidate. They're already in talks with a coach from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think recruiting, no, I, I, I think it could, it could be an issue with recruiting, but as far as on the field, if it goes from, like you said, you don't like co-defensive coordinators. If they go from two to one defensive coordinator, it might help. It could. No, it could. It's it's valid. That's it's a valid it's a valid point. But I'm just it's just going to be interesting to see where where they go here because I I think while you're right I think they do have some time here to figure this out. Um, you know you've already begun your install. That's already started to take place. You've already had guys running the system. And look, maybe McDonald won't change much because he probably shouldn't. But that that train has already left the station. So we'll see if they can can keep it going here and and try to figure out uh you know where they're going to go with this thing all right more to come here on sports wrap coming up it could the bears be headed out of chicago could they be leaving the windy city we'll see the mayor of another town in illinois is saying it's possible saying that they're seriously considering we'll talk about that we got the spin on golf guys also coming up spin on golf coming your way at seven o'clock don't go anywhere Sports Wrap continues here on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Uh, look, I don't think Soldier Field is, it's not one of the loudest stadiums. Uh, it doesn't particularly hold the sound very well, but it's a its a fantastic venue. I love Soldier Field. Love the way it looks inside. Love the way it looks outside. I just, it's a its a fantastic venue. I think it's pretty clear you haven't been inside Soldier Soldier Field. <laughs> Why? It's a, it's a great looking stadium. Yeah, looking. That's what I said. It's a great yeah, looking stadium. Not if you're inside Soldier Field, though. It's freezing. Oh, well, okay. Welcome to Chicago. Ugh. The Bears have been playing there since 71. But now, the mayor of Arlington Heights says that the Bears are seriously considering a move to Arlington Heights. Arlington Heights is the site of the Arlington Park racetrack that is set to be sold in the next couple of months with the expectation that whoever buys it is just going to level it. The interview with Tom Hayes, who's the Arlington Heights mayor, said the Bears are seriously considering moves. Certainly, the Arlington Park site is available, and we would consider the Chicago Bears a great fit for that particular site, Hayes said. I think the Bears are seriously considering it because it's such a unique piece of property. It has so much going for it in terms of location in the northwest suburbs where a lot of their audience is. Nick, Sean Belegian, good evening to you. Welcome in. Could you ever see the Bears not playing at Soldier Field or at least downtown Chicago? Yeah, you know what, Chris? I'll echo what you said. I mean, it, there's something really cool and, and venerable uh, about Soldier Field. Now, I was there before it turned into a spaceship. R- remember they did the renovations maybe about 20 years ago, and it, and it kind of looks like a spaceship now, and it's strange. And, and just in the interest of being fair, I'll also e- e- echo what Nick said. I was a young lad, uh, and we took a road trip there one year. I, I don't remember what year it was, and it 
was the first week of October, and it was one of those days. You know, sometimes around here we get that day in October that almost feels like June or, or, or even July. Sure. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was like 70 degrees. We're in shorts. We're in short sleeve shirts. You go inside that stadium and the temperature drops 35 degrees. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's crazy, you know, because it's right on the lake. You get that that wind coming in and off the lake. And honest to goodness, it, it went from like a beautiful, balmy 68 degrees in the first week of October to, I mean, you're literally shivering inside. No, I can't imagine them not being in that venerable old building. That's my long-winded way of answering your question, Chris Renwick. It's very Chicago. It's yes. very Chicago. Yep. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this too, because I think it's a bigger problem. Nick doesn't think so. He's, you know, he's trying to give me an ambient here to calm down, but, uh, th- this whole situation going on in Ann Arbor, Maurice Lindquist out as co-DC cause he take or uh, co-DC, he takes a job as the head coach of Buffalo. I think this puts Michigan in a little bit of a bind here. What do you think? Michigan's been in a bind for a while and I'm not taking a shot at you because you're wearing that hat with that M on it or anything like that. But I mean, let, let's, let's be mm-hmm. honest. And you know, I I'm serious uh, objective here. Um, it, it, boy, what a mess. And, and it just all seemed to go downhill. And I think you couple that with, with Jim Harbaugh's contract, which to me, there are more questions about that contract than, than anything else. You know, how, how much longer, does he have it, it? It does remind me a little bit of of Mark D'Antonio kind of reshuffling the seats on the Titanic a couple of years ago. It, it, it kind of work. Yeah, it, it just you know it, it it isn't working and everything. I mean, who knows? I, I'm going to say the same thing I've said a hundred times about Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a good coach. Uh, they didn't hire him to be good at Michigan, and you know that's been a big problem, obviously. So um, we'll see what happens. Look, would it shock anybody if they came out and? had, you know, a, a nice nine win season or anything like that. Chris is shaking his head. Yes. I, I wouldn't be shocked at it. I, I I really wouldn't be shocked at it. But again, Oh, nine uh, wins. Yeah. Oh, nine wins. What, All right. What, what, nine wins. Uh, there. You it know, doesn't get you much. That's exactly it. Uh, you know, but you talk to some people and they think that, you know, it, it's just going to be more of the same from last year. I'm not so sure about that, but I'll tell you this much. They're, they're a lot closer to the middle of the pack than they are at, at the, the hierarchy of the Big Ten. That's for sure. Agreed. Um, we found out, we, we knew DK Metcalf was fast, but we found out that he isn't quite Olympic fast as he uh, uh, doesn't quite make it in his semifinal heat in his track debut to, to qualify for the U.S. Olympics. Look, just because he doesn't, he, he can't be a 100-meter you know, track athlete, he's still an absolute alien he belongs in soldier field with that with that spaceship he's an absolute freak and he's still incredibly incredibly fast he just ain't olympic fast yeah you know what it's it's funny because uh i I saw an article and it said he was humbled okay he's one of the fastest men in the world not not the fastest man in the world you know i mean knock it off he's still one of the fastest guys in the national football league and i i think his speed will serve him well i do Hey, Sean, uh, do you want to congratulate the Toronto Maple Leafs for their first division title since 2000? What, what do you think of uh, their chances? Uh, you know what? That division's terrible. Uh, is Jordan Young standing by? Because uh, I, I, Jordan Young, uh, unbeknownst to, to probably a lot of people, is, a, is the resident Maple Leaf fan. Um, the North is terrible. I mean, it really is. And as you guys can probably figure out, I've, I've watched a lot of the North. It's terrible. Um, they should get out of, of that division. I mean, you guys know the way the playoffs are being uh, run this year. You know, it, it's going to be, you know, in all likelihood, Montreal and Toronto in the first round, which will be 
awesome. They haven't met in the playoffs since 1979, and they should easily dispatch of, of whoever comes out of the Winnipeg-Edmonton series, and that puts you know uh, Toronto in the de facto COVID uh, conference finals, which, which could be interesting. Now, mm-hmm. how are they compared to the rest of the league? I, I got to be honest with you, I don't like their chances because the North is that weak. It's been a weird, weird division yeah. all year long. All right, spin on golf coming your way at 7 o'clock. Jordan Young, Mike Fay, BC, Brian Cairns. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Hi, guys. That's pretty interesting uh, conversations you had going on there. Uh, is that a Missouri hat or is that a Michigan hat? Oh, this is, this is, <laughs> is that Missouri? I can't see that far. My eyesight must be going. Is that Mizzou. Know. Here we go. Mizzou. Let's do okay, this thing. Mizzou. All right. Let's Mizzou. Go. Here Mizzou. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had some uh, some fireworks at the end of the Wells Fargo with Rory McIlroy taking the thing by a stroke. But what'd you think about that decision to take the uh, the the drop there? He didn't have an option. Yeah. No, he didn't have an option. I mean, he knew he had a shot uh, shot to play with. He makes he's going to make a five, and let's get on with it. Let's win the tournament. Absolutely. I mean, the guy is so much smarter and than most players out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we, we talked about Bryson DeChambeau earlier. He, he flies home thinking he's not going to make the cut. Mid-flight finds out he is going to make the cut, then finishes with a top-10 finish. That's not a bad uh, weekend for, for the long ball hitter. Well, again, punk of the week. Just a pretty good nomination for that. There's a good <laughs> – I mean, come on. You can't make that up. Jesus Christ. Are you there to win or are you there to go home? Right, Mike? Absolutely. We had a Gary Winland signing too, Chris. Yeah. Gary Winland hasn't yes. played well in a while. Patrick Reed, Reed. Here we Patrick go. Reed, got yep. a major in a few weeks. Abe Anser made a nice push there uh, yes, today. Uh, I, I thought it was a really entertaining uh, a couple of days down at well, Wells Fargo, uh, down at uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. What else you guys got going on tonight? Lots of guests tonight. Uh, we have some special guests coming up on the show. Uh, we have uh, Chris Chandler, the executive director of the Dow Great Lakes Bay sure. Invitational, uh, coming on tonight to to chat with us. Uh, Renee Fluker, the founder and president of Michigan Golf, will uh, also be joining us. And BC tells me we may have another special guest. So you're going to have to stay tuned to find out if that special guest is indeed on the show. How's that? That sounds great. Yeah. That's what you call a tease here in the business. Look at it's that. It's a good lineup. Yeah, it's a good lineup tonight. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of information coming at you tonight, so you kind of have to hold on to your hat tonight. No doubt. Uh, Jordan joined the party. What's up, Jordan Young? Gentlemen, I just finished chasing my dog around the block for about 30 minutes, and I've just got connected. So welcome to uh, Mother's Day show. No <laughs> doubt. Day. Yep. No doubt. All right, guys. Well, have yourself a, a great show. We'll catch up with you next weekend. All right. Thank you, Thanks, Thanks, Chris. All right, there it is. Spin on golf coming your way. Seven o'clock. Couple minutes from now. Don't go anywhere. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Special Mother's Day edition here of Sports Wrap on WJR. Uh, we will be back with you next weekend, six o'clock Saturday. So make sure you join us for that, Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dave Rieger, thank you. Uh, We will see you next weekend. That'll do it for Sports Wrap here. Have yourself a wonderful week.